Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. You're listening to the IFL TV podcast in association with Lonsdale MTK Global, sponsored by William Hill. This is Umar Ahmed for IFL TV, proudly sponsored by Everlast. With me is the, the haymaker, and I'm not talking to the haymaker today as an analyst, as a, a, a BT show. I'm talking to David A, uh, who's going to be ring walking at the Stable Centre September 11th to 8th, now stopping us now. Um, the one. Can't believe I'm actually saying that. I know, neither. I can't believe I'm hearing it. It's uh, it's a it's a situation I didn't think would materialise. I didn't think there would be a, a version of reality where I'd find myself walking back out to, you know, a competitive boxing ring. Tell you no stopping us now. Something I've done for many years. And um, yeah, it's happening. September 11th. There's a there's a there's a very good friend of mine who believes he can beat me in a boxing match and. I disagree. You know, a lot of egos involved. You know, I'm not sure if you know this guy, but he's you know, he's very successful in his own right, and he manifests into the universe lots of things that work out very well for him. He's made a slight miscalculation with this situation, and um, the same the same miscalculation I made once in my life. I was 24 years old. I was 10 fights, 10 knockouts, but all of those knockouts are against guys that I was supposed to knock out. I then get in the ring with uh, Carl the Cat Thompson, who had other ideas. He paid the price. He was significantly more experienced than myself. He'd been there, done it. He was willing to pay the price. He was a battle-hardened veteran of the game. He handed me my first loss and sent me to the hospital in an ambulance with a horrendous pain on the brain. thought I had a blood clot. It was terrible. And that was my lesson for becoming overconfident and not really understanding the, the game of boxing. But I learned a lot from that. I see this very similar. Joe, although he sparred with me in the past, you know, although, you know, he's seen a lot of the injuries I've had behind closed doors that other people don't even know about. He believes he's he's made put his he's a, he's a very good businessman. He he calculates things. He's got an algorithm in his mind where he sees what he sees and spits out a, a solution and he goes chips in whatever that is, you know, and um, 
he's just got it wrong this time. He really has. But I get where he's coming from. He feels he has nothing really to lose, but he does. And it's a very tough place to find yourself a boxing ring um, when you're completely outclassed against someone like myself, who is a very heavy hitter with lots of experience. And of my 28 victories over nearly 20 years of experience, you know, 26 of them have been by knockout. It's what I do best. You know, I don't hold people up. I don't, you know, put on boxing. But I, I'm a very destructive boxer and fighter. That's just my style. That's probably why I've had so many injuries over the years is because I'm exploding so fast. And um, he doesn't understand that because when I spar, I don't do that, particularly when I was sparring with him. You know, he, was a, he was a lighter guy than I was. You know, he, I, I used to bring him into training camps. You know, it was my sort of the first type of sparring partner to get used to um, taking punches and just mixing it up inside. And I think he took a lot of confidence from that. And, and as he should have done, you know, I was former heavyweight champion of the world when he sparred with me. And, you know, the, compared to the guys he was fighting, he, he, he was over he was over prepared for those guys as he's knocked everybody out he's ever faced. But this is a whole, this is a whole other situation for Joe. And um, you know, friendship to the side. And he said to me, he said, listen, if you get injured in this fight, if your shoulder pops out again, if your bicep comes off the bone, if your Achilles tendon snaps, if all the metal you got in your spine crack, I'm going to jump all over you. I'm, I'm going to close the show. He said, I don't want this to affect our friendship. <laughs> I said, really? I said, don't worry. It's, it, I, just, I just hope the, the feeling is mutual. Right, so let's just backtrack a bit. I'm sure... People watching this would have seen posts from yourself and Joe Fournier on social media about why this fight is happening. I just want you to detail what exactly happened in Mykonos, uh, which, led, great which led to Triller putting this fight on. We, we had a great time. We was having a fantastic time in Mykonos. You know, Joe's got a lovely beach club out there. He's got a nightclub out there. Lots of good things are happening. We're having a great time. Vibe is good. Weather's nice. Drinks are flowing. It's just a, we're just having a fantastic time. A girl, a group of girls, one of them doesn't understand boxing, obviously. She she knows Joe's an active boxer. Then someone said, oh, David used to be the heavyweight champion. She, so she then goes, oh, who'd win, about, win, who'd win out of a fight against used to? Kind of both way the same. And I then quite kindly said, oh, I think it'd be maybe a draw. You know, even trying to know, not trying to make him look silly or anything. And he... He just wasn't picking up what I was putting down. And he said, no. A few years back, 100%, you know, you'd be, win 10 times out of 10. But this is 2021. And I'd win now. You know, you had your time, your injuries, this. It gave me a long list of reasons why I wouldn't beat him now. So I said, okay. I realized he wasn't joking. So I said, okay, let's go back to my haymaker gym. Then we're back in London. Four rounds. Head guard, 18-ounce gloves. I'll show you. If you need a bit of education on boxing, I'll show you. And he said, no, 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 I ain't sparring. If we're going to do it, let's do it for real. Let's just go chips in on this one. Let's just go for real. Let's box. And I said, it's not happening. How are we going to box? It doesn't really work like that, boxing. You know that. He said, no. Nah. He goes, Trilla, you know, the guys who staged my last fight, they've got Oscar De La Hoya. They've, they've paid Oscar, Oscar De La Hoya to come out of retirement to fight Vito Belfort. They've got Anderson Silva fighting Tito Ortiz. He went, do you think they don't want the haymaker, the former heavyweight champion of the world, fighting on that same show? I said, I, let me make some phone calls. So he finds, finds Ryan and Bobby. And um, they love the idea of it. They're like, okay. He, he boxed on the previous show in a fight that he was 
he was overmatched and he, he beat the guy up pretty easy. Now he's come the completely opposite way, in my opinion. He's, he's set a fight up with himself. He can't win, but in his mind, he can. So I said, but if I'm going to be fighting on this, this, this platform, I'm going to need pay-per-view money. So I'm not going to go into the gym and stuff. Because if I sign to fight you and it's a real fight on a real platform, I'm going to have to be in shape. And to do that, I've got to put all my other businesses and all my other stuff on hold. You know, I've got family holidays I could be on, but I'll put all of that on hold to do that. But it's going to have to be, I'm going to have to be compensated for this. And so I said, it's going to be what I got for my, at least what I got for my, uh, my Tony Belly fights. And uh, thinking that would be the end of the conversation. But, you know, these guys... They wanted the haymaker, so um, they, they put their hand in their pocket and they gave me an offer I couldn't, couldn't refuse. And here we are. You know, they sent me the sent me the car. I couldn't believe what I was reading. I'm like, they genuinely want to want me to fight on this show. Okay, let's do it. So signed off, bang, and here we are now. Here we are getting ready for me to get back in the ring, but it's not a traditional comeback. This is a, a one-off anomaly that I would have bet a lot of money that would not have been able to happen. But the boxing world is changing. Now you've got different places, just, just Triller platform. They're really, they're looking at taking over the world. Yeah. You know, what they're, it's crazy. Get Oscar De La Hoya, Oscar De La Hoya out of retirement to fight Vito Belfort, a heavyweight southpaw. It's crazy. It's a crazy fight. It's like, I couldn't believe it. It's like, okay. And now they've got me fighting Joe Fournier. I think it's a pretty one-sided fight. Uh, Joe somehow believes he's going to find a way to when he thinks my body can't hold up. You know, he believes he's got a lot of confidence. I haven't been in the ring for three years. He's been fighting regularly, blah, blah, blah. And, um, yeah, it's just going to be fun. I'm, I'm enjoying – my body's aching because I've been training. I've been you – know, I'll step my training up. I normally train, I don't know, less than an hour, about an hour a day maximum, four or five times a week. Now I've got to, you know, really start tuning it in. You know, it's the one thing I don't want on fight night is to try to explode with a right hand and snap my Achilles and snap my hamstring or my shoulder pops out of its socket. So I need to do a lot of work to build everything up to make sure um, everything's rock solid. So when I do let off that haymaker, the only thing breaking is his jaw. David, appreciate it. That sounds a bit dramatic. That. That, sounds, that sounds a bit dramatic about breaking his jaw, but that's what happens when I hit people. Ask anyone I've ever fought how hard I hit. And everyone was saying, yeah, I was probably, I can't remember being hit by anyone that hard. It's just what I do. And it's hot. I can't, I can't half throw a punch, not 100%. It's either I'm throwing a punch 100% or I'm not. My timing works a certain way. Slip a jab. I can't think, okay, I might throw this 60%. It's just crunch and bad things happen when I hit people. So um, I've tried, to, I, I said this to him, and I've only had a few tequilas at the time. I had a couple of rums. There's a bit of banter. Well, no, it wasn't like any real beef. It was just a bit more of an irritation sort of, I can't believe this guy is saying this and, and he really means it. So I'm going to put him right. So once we, once we put this right, we can go back to being full-time buddies. David, I appreciate in your last two fights against Tony Bell, you, you went in with the mindset that your body's completely fine and you, and you felt 100%, yeah. okay? And obviously that wasn't the outcome. It now, now you're feeling like that. Again, I take it, going into this Joe Fournier fight, what if you look a million dollars, you feel a million dollars, are thoughts going to come into your head that I want to do this properly again? I don't think so. I generally don't think that that's the case. You know, I know what this is. I know what I'm training for. If this isn't a 12-week, 15-week training camp, which I used to do 
I'm not sparring Marius Vak and Dimitrenko and Wild. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not in that zone. So, no matter how good the result is on the night, I'm aware that that is fighting someone who's you know he's his best his best um, uh, best thing on his re- resume is WBA uh, you know, international champion, ranked number ten in the world. You know, at light heavyweight. You know, so you know. In my mind, you know, I've only, I only won, I'm former heavyweight champion, former cruiserweight champion, that I'm a world championship. I, I forgot, if I'm not doing that for real, then, you know, why don't we see the, see the point in doing it? So I don't think this will, I don't think this fight, no matter how it goes, will give me the confidence that I can just jump in there with Tyson Fury or AJ and snatch their titles off him. I don't think, you know, no matter what happens in this fight, that that's going to be the case. But you know, hype hype does crazy things to people, and you know, <laughs> a, a, a crazy crowd screaming your name. Uh, but no, I, I don't really see. I think this is just a one-off anomaly. But I think it's a, quite a nostalgic thing. It'd be nice for. If you look at my record, it's nice. It, it always bugs me that it finished on two losses. Nice finishing a win. You know, whoever the win is, it's, it's still a win. So if I can finish it on a win. I think that that's okay for me. I wasn't necessarily referring to a Fury or Joshua, but someone even like a Vladimir Klitschko, if a network came in again, maybe Triller, and put in an insane offer, you haven't you haven't ruled that out of your mind, have you? I, I really wanted that Klitschko fight, but as many years ago when I could when I could do what I would do, you know, to beat uh, Vladimir Klitschko, he looked Vladimir Klitschko looked pretty devastating against uh, AJ last time out. He probably gave him as much trouble as anyone else has outside of. Andrews Jr. So although he was I think he was 42 at the time, or 41, 42, you know, he's, you know, and he looks after himself like myself. He's I've never seen him look out of shape. And um yeah, I don't I don't think um a proper comeback or a rematch with Vladimir will be on the on the cards. No, we had we had our time. Now I would love that I would love the rematch back in the day, but I think that those times have gone now. Just want to read some comments uh, from Eddie Hearn when he was asked about this by Coogan about your comeback. Um, okay, Eddie Hearn, Eddie Hearn on IFL TV talking about David Havy, Joe Fournier. They're like best mates, aren't they? You almost have to give them credit for actually getting someone to pay for it. Dave, what Dave does, what Dave does, loves a pound note. Obviously, making a few quid. Good luck to him. Thoughts? Yeah, we we are friends, and uh, if the I, I said. I said to Joe, and Joe was genuinely serious about this. I said, the only way I do it, you know, I'm not going to get in the ring. The only way I'm going to go through, even if, it's, even if it's a month of training, it's hard to put your body through that. You have to sacrifice. You've got to go to bed at a certain time. You've got to cancel all of the other arrangements. You know, we'll put all the other business on hold. That's what I do when I'm training for a fight. Everything gets put on the back burner. And to do that, I'd only do that for pay-per-view money, you know, good pay-per-view money. And that's what he brought to the table. Is it close to the Bellew figures? More than the it's more than the, it's crazy. It's more than what I got for Bellew one. I know that's what I'm saying. It's crazy though. So I'm like, what am I? What am I going to say to that? No, I'm not going to fight Joe for that. What would people think if I didn't fight him for that? What would they think? I think oh, I got something wrong with me, but I don't. I'm really healthy. I'm really good. So I just got to go through the motions. Do what I do. Let the universe just even itself out. And uh, yes, yeah, it's, it's, it's a good bump to work. So a couple of details to go through. Eight-round fight. It's going to be on Fight TV in the UK, Triller uh, in the States. Um, but you feel this doesn't go eight rounds, David? 
No, it doesn't go eight rounds. No, it doesn't go rounds. It goes. Do you want to hurt him? No, when you say hurt him, what do you mean? Uh, I can't help but hurt my opponents. Getting punched, anyone getting punched in the face hurts. It's, no one doesn't feel it unless they've got some nerve issues. So, you know, for me to land con con concussive, consecutive punches in someone's face is going to hurt. What them. I'm maybe saying is, are, are you going to go full throttle on Joe Fournier? Yeah? I, yeah, I have to. It's just a boxing match. This is it. It's like we're playing, we played basketball together, played one on one basketball. He won. He's, he used to play, used to play basketball for, for England. So he's a, he's a, he's a good athlete, a good all round athlete. So he, he was better than me, but he wasn't not trying. He was trying 100%. I was trying 100%. He was just better at basketball than me. We both can do the same thing boxing, but I'm better at boxing. That's all it is. But the only difference in boxing is you get punched in the face pretty hard, particularly when the person's me punch you in the face. Okay, well, listen, uh, we look forward to September 11th uh, from the Staples Centre. Can't believe it's actually happening, but it is happening. I know, it's crazy. It's a, it's a, cra it's a crazy situation. And um, um, big, shout, big shout out to Joe for stepping up to the plate, to Triller, wanting to stage this uh, crazy spectacle. And, you know, I'll give you good value for money. Just a couple of things to, to run through before we close off, please. Um, it sounded like you was rounding off there. It sounded like you was rounding off. You forgot a couple of questions, didn't you? That's what it was. You was rounding off. Just there. trying to keep you for longer. Okay, okay. So we haven't spoke to you on IFL TV since uh, there was a working relationship split with Derek Chisora. Uh, can you just make a comment on that, please, David? What, you mean, but... what happened there with Derek? Oh, Derek's, Derek's doing his thing. He's going back up to Sheffield working with Dave Coldwell. You know, I, I believe... The time I've spent with Derek, Derek's taken on as much of the knowledge as I could I could give out to him. And I think he's an improved fighter. I think he's a fighter who um, has benefited from our relationship. And I think he has, and I know he has taken on board a lot of the the, the teachings that I'd like to bring. I'd like to bring in my... Yeah, yeah, I think someone just said, I think Derek might be actually helping with training with some of this as well. So he's going to come down to the gym and help me out with some training. Because I obviously I was there screaming at him when he's training to do harder. He wants to apparently apparently he wants to come down to the gym and scream at me when I'm on the Versa climber. He really wants to put me through my paces. He wants to, to do the old flip thing. So no, I'm I'm yeah, you know, we've got a good relationship and you know I truly believe Derek is, you know, he's got many, many more nights of good action in him. Uh, if he continues to live the good, clean lifestyle that he has been. And uh, you know he's an improved fighter, and I'm um, you know buddies, and I hope he hope he wins his rematch with uh, Parker. From a, a working capacity, you must be delighted what you did with him. Obviously, getting them two massive pay per view fights against Usyk and uh, Parker. Parker, Dylan White, you know he's had the uh, Price, you know Gashi. He's had some he's had some good fights. He's had a lot of um, good explosive victories. You know a couple of fights that were, were tight and close. I thought he won both the Parker and the Usyk fight. I'm obviously I'm a little bit biased. I thought he won those. He's and now here he is potentially in another another massive fight. So, you know, who would have thought, you know, after, you know, after he'd lost to Dylan White, say that he was gonna have so many more big nights, big pay-per-view blockbusters with the fans, you know, he's got a massive fan base now. He's got a growing fan base. You know, everybody's on the the war train. And we've got plenty we've got plenty more nights left to to give to the fans. A couple of breakdowns before we go, quick ones. So how much trouble can Alexander Usyk actually cause Anthony Joshua? Uh, not much, I don't think. I think if Anthony Joshua decides to have a sort of a tit-for-tat boxing match, like just, just jabbing and trying to score points, 
then he'd have some trouble. But he's not stupid enough to do that. He's just going to use his his beautiful jab, use his height and reach advantage, his size and weight advantage, and his punch power advantage, his physical athletic advantage, his advantage of being able to receive punches from big heavyweights. He's just better all round, and you know, he's just it's just going to be pretty. Devastating. I've seen it in my head. It's gonna be. A, I said it a couple of times before. He's gonna hit him with a one-two. Might not even land one-two, but he's gonna come across with the left cross slash jab and put him down or out. One of the two. A couple of weeks later, obviously Tyson Fury uh, defends his WBC title in a trilogy against Deontay Wilder. Can he do it, Deontay Wilder? Do you give him a chance still? Everybody had. You got to give Deontay Wilder a chance against anybody. Just watch their first fight. You know, anyone who punches hard, he hasn't lost his punch power. And Tyson Fury's chin hasn't got any better. You know, it's just how both of them have lived their life since this point. How many of, how much training's gone on, how much focus has been there. Unknown, it really is. You know, on paper, you'd have to say, uh, off the strength of the last fight, I was ringside watching that fight and Tyson Fury put forth one of the best performances from any British heavyweight challenging for a world title, which is what he was doing, challenging for the WBC title. And he, he won it in you know in the exact fashion he said he was going to. He's going to walk across the ring, he's going to put it on him, he's going to bash him up. That's exactly what he did. Um, can he do it again with the same tactics? Maybe. We'll find out. I don't know. You know, I don't. Is, is Tyson Fury better now than he was then? Has he got the added confidence after beating him? Or is he overconfident this time? As, as, uh, as Wilder learned from that first loss and has he improved? It's completely unknown. They haven't boxed for a long time. It's a long time since Vegas. And um, the sooner the fight happens, the better. Keeps getting moved back. Keeps getting pushed back. Um, why the fight didn't happen this time around, still, I don't know, jury's still out and all that. But um, I'd love to. I'm really excited about that fight. That's a very, very good. I, I, I don't write Wilder off completely. But off, just off to, you're only as good as your last fight. And the last fight, um, Wilder didn't have any success whatsoever. Mm-hmm. You know, the first fight, it was kind of 50-50. It was a draw. You know, arguments one way or another. But the last fight was so one-sided, you know, it's hard to see what Wilder can do to to turn it around. But, you know, this is boxing. And when you punch as hard as Wilder with 50-odd knockouts in a row or whatever it is, um, you can't you can't write him off. But, you know, Fury keeps uh, proving, the, proving the public wrong. He keeps, uh, keeps ripping up the... The script and he keeps doing his thing so he's definitely on a roll if you look at his results and um i'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to it but you know I, I i see fury winning this fight um but you never write off someone who punches as hard in the heavyweight division as deontay wilder well before joshua Usyk and uh fury and wilder we've got the haymaker back in the ring september 11th yeah. last message to everyone why should they tune in september 11th and just see the haymaker do his thing again just see here ain't no stopping us now watch me go out there a nice uh, crisp victory. David Hay, always appreciate your time on IFL TV. Safe journey to the States. And uh, yeah, we look forward to September 11th. Anytime. Thanks for listening to the IFL TV podcast, sponsored by William Hill, in association with Lonsdale MTK Global. Sports Social Podcast Network.